Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome to a Q&A episode of this podcast. It's so funny, I did this big announcement about this season being about sharing conversations with my friends, and then I released one episode, <laughs> nothing more. I have four conversations recorded, even five actually, five uh, conversations with some of my friends, um, five episodes that I really want to share with you. The thing is, it took so long to finish those episodes, like me editing out a lot of things, because the idea of those conversations is that me and my friend um, were just hanging out and talking naturally. So after two hours, we turned the recording off, and then I need to sit and, and sort of edit out things that I don't believe are super interesting for other people and find some sort of red line through the conversation. And honestly, it's really hard. But I really do want to share those conversations with you. So they are coming. Another thing, obviously, is that when I recorded those conversations, the world was looking very different. The world is changing really fast. Suddenly we have a war going on in the world. And we are not talking about that war in those conversations because there was no war when we were recording those. And it feels a bit ignorant to release those podcast episodes now because it sounds like we are just absolutely ignoring what's happening in the world. And obviously that is not the case. So they will come out. I just decided to record this sort of in-between episode um, so that um, I can share something with you guys. I don't want to leave you hanging for too long. So what I have done, um, I do get like questions on my social media sometimes. And <clears throat> I am, you know, as much as I can answering messages and everything. But I also am very precious of not spending too much time inside of an app because I have learned that my mental health and my creativity, um, I, ju I just feel healthiest when I don't spend too much time on social media apps. So I have collected a couple of questions that I have received. Um, and also I did ask for uh, if anyone had any new questions. So... I'm going to give some people a shout out if you sent in a question uh, and also some older questions that I think were really beautiful and that I like talking about. Um, and I, I hope you guys will enjoy it. And hopefully I'm going to like recommend a lot of things like some books and uh, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about traveling. So obviously I don't want this to be like all about me. I, I do hope that you're going to find some inspiration here um okay so let's start with we have pros and postcards is the instagram handle two of my favorite things in the world um is asking i'm wondering what book you have found to be the most amazing for shifting mindset and limiting beliefs um all right well i am a very very interested in neuroscience I do I, I love spirituality and like belief and what you see is what you get manifestations but I'm also a very scientific person I do want to see the research behind everything before I believe it um there's one book that I read I guess maybe four or five years ago now when I definitely was at my lowest point in my entire life. I was stuck in a city. 
that I hated in a very emotionally drenching relationship. My career was down on the ground and I was broke and very, very sad. Um, and I found this book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Now, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, when I found this book, he was sort of just starting to make the rounds on the podcasts and on the YouTube. And um, today he is like, he's a celebrity in this world. So I do think maybe a lot of the things that he puts out today is very commercialized. Um, but if you go back to maybe podcasts he did four or five years ago, I, f I feel like maybe he was a bit more true to the science of things. Today he's taken on a lot more uh, manifestation and, and stuff like that. But anyway, I think he's excellent. He is, I believe he is a um, psychotherapist in, in the beginning or he has some sort of background. Um, very based in neuroscience. And this specific book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, when I found it, it was the perfect balance between um, explaining the actual wiring in your brain, how your brain works scientifically, your biology, um, how your thoughts actually create a reaction inside your body, sending off chemicals, um, and, and how that uh, is creating your reality. But also, he is writing about it in such an easy way to understand. Obviously, I am not a scientist. So, like, me trying to understand brain science, reading, like, an academic article, like, it's, I just won't understand a word. <laughs> but this book is so good because he's talking about it in such an inspiring and easy-to-understand way. And there's one example that he is telling in this book that I remember was so powerful. He's talking about... Um, when you wake up in the morning um, and you, like your default in order to remember who you are, you know, when you wake up in the morning, there is the split second when you, you're a blank canvas. You, you can't remember who you are. You're still kind of half asleep. So what you do is you start repeating your story, your past. Oh, I went through this. I'm from this place. I was left by this person I was hurt by this person I ex experienced that I have learned this I've earned my uh, bachelor or whatever you just repeat things that you have done in your past you repeat your old story to yourself and then you're like oh okay cool I remember who I am now you are basing yourself in your experiences and, and in your story and so as you walk <clears throat> through your day you will define yourself by what you have experienced in your past so just going back to like myself when I was in in in, in at my lowest I definitely did that I woke up and I immediately started thinking about how tough my situation was and oh he said this to me and I lost that and I experienced this and and then like oh right this is why I'm so sad and so low okay let's start my day and so Dr. Joe Dispenza says, in order to change the way that you go out and behave in the world, you have to change that. You have to change the wiring in your brain. So instead, you have to sit up and instead of repeating your old story, you have to visualize your future 
And this is actually how I learned visualization. And I, I've talked a lot about visualization. Um, I have a couple of episodes way back on this podcast. Um, I think one is called Visualizing Your Future or something similar. Because I work with this a lot now. But I did learn it from this book. And so he's saying that you have to learn to visualize your ideal future. If, if you could draw a blank... And in five years from now, you dream up your ideal life. Don't be practical. Don't think about what's possible or not. If you could create your ideal situation with everything included, uh, relationships, work, income, health, environment, all of it, how would it look? And so when you sit up, instead of repeating your past to yourself, you start visualizing your future. And I started doing that. Every single morning, I sat down and I visualized my ideal future. And what happened is, and what he also explains in the book, by creating a new reality in your mind, your brain will throw new wirings. And when you go out in the world after that, you're going to unconsciously make small, small micro decisions throughout your days that will support the vision of your future rather than align with your past. And so the important part here is that you are um, programming your brain for a new future. And also just like, um, if you're thinking about it like a bit more uh, casual, if I sit up in my morning and think through all the tough things I experienced versus visualizing my ideal life in two years, the person I want to be, my dream life. You know, that is going to set me up for a way more empowering and exciting day than repeating my past to myself. Um, so this book, genuinely, it's a game changer. I, I, It changed my life. It gave me so many incredible... Um, techniques that I am still using today and you know I, I do feel like my life today is a hundred percent changed like it's a 360 degrees different life than what I was living five years ago and I do credit this book um, not completely but a little bit it did sort of throw me on a new journey of what is possible so Definitely, if you are into shifting your mindset, limiting beliefs, um, working with your with your brain and, and creating a new future for yourself, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It is a game changer. Um, then I also want to mention, there's a book called Ask and It is Given by Esther Hicks. This is way more spiritual. This is absolutely 0% based in science or never science. There's no, like, you, you cannot find the research behind this book. Um, but it is uh, about living in the, um, w within source, they say. So it's about believing in the, the universe and um, that you have a place on this planet. And I guess it's kind of based... I think like the law of attraction is based on this book a little bit. Um, I loved this book because 
it's it's about again programming your brain <laughs> programming your brain to believe that um your default is well-being actually i have a strong memory i was like at the end of a this very sad relationship that i just described i was flying over to hamburg to pick up my last stuff from his apartment and i was sitting in his room and i felt this like unbearable sadness but i had read this book on the flight over to hamburg and there was this paragraph about when you start to feel anxious or overwhelmed or sad or whatever you might be feeling visualize a, like um um a big energetic line from the sky down to the earth like piercing straight through you this is like uh an an energetic source of well-being like your default is well-being this sounds very woohoo but when i visualized that and just like felt like well-being was piercing through my body i don't know it just did something to me and i could take a deep breath and be like my default is actually to be okay and yeah i just had a strong moments with those teachings but anyway if you are into a little bit more like spirituality then ask and it is given is a great book by esther hicks um and then a last a last quick recommendation sort of the 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 i would say the the godfather the the founder of those law of attraction asking it is given sort of thoughts was a man called and i actually don't really know how to say his last name but neville goddard goddard or something similar it's neville g o d d ARD. <laughs> he was writing uh, way way back about the power of imagination, the power of believing in what you want and and so the earth will create. <laughs> like ask and it is given. You have to tell the world what you want and the world will give you the resources to make that happen for yourself. So if you're really really into those kinds of um, ideas, I recommend to check out his teachings. He has a lot of like audio tapes back in the days that he did on YouTube. I'm sure you can find them. Okay, that was a long answer to one question. Maybe I won't even have time to go through all of those. Anyway, let's move on. So the next one is, right, so uh, I might butcher your name. Stanislav, Stanislava. Stanislava. I think that's how you say it. Um, had a couple of different questions for me. And let's see. Uh, there were some about like traveling and moving and I had some other people asking about traveling as well. So I'm going to try to break them up a little bit. So the first three questions, uh, I can tie them into one answer. And they were, what is your daily routine like? How many hours of the day do you write? And what excites you most about traveling? And I kind of want to bundle them together because um, what excites me most about traveling has a lot to do with my daily routine. I'm definitely a routine person. I, I have 
um, when I lose my routine, my sort of uh, daily rhythm, I very quickly start to feel worried and a little bit anxious. Uh, and, and I start to feel like I, I, I lose control of my own life very quickly. So developing routines ha- is a way for me to, to keep myself calm. And I do I know that this is a result of having had uh, quite aggressive anxiety for many years when I was a little bit younger. And I did find that having clear routines is really good to keep my anxiety at bay. Um, and also I find that I am just the most productive and uh, I perform the best when I have um, clear routines. So usually I wake up very early. I'm a morning person. I love the mornings. I wake up between 5 a.m. and 6.30 a.m., depending on when I went to sleep. And I always start my day either with... um, a run or I go for a quick walk or I do yoga for maybe an hour or so and then I make coffee and I sit down and write my so when it comes to writing like writing my books I write early in the morning or late at night I during the day I cannot feel anything (laughs) like from I don't know 1 p.m to 6 p.m I have zero poetry in me I am square and I cannot feel anything I don't know this is maybe something I should work through in therapy (laughs) but uh, I write the best in the morning or at night and why I love writing in the morning actually is because um, I have very strong memories when I lived on the road I, I was touring for many years and I always used to wake up very early to hop on the train to go to the next city and that morning train when I was almost alone on the train and the world was still asleep it felt like I I could write freely I don't know I felt like I had so much space in the world and I could explore and and write and feel and think Um, and I, I do still feel that when I wake up very early and nowadays I go out and sit on my balcony or Wherever I might be in the world, I try to go outside and sit and write in nature. And just that feeling of like being um, like alone in the world. The world is still asleep. It's just me and the sky and the earth and the moon. And I feel so connected to my elements when, when the busy people are still asleep. And I write the best that hour. So... Yes, I wake up, I do some sort of moving practice, then I sit down and write. um, And I maybe write for two hours or so. And then I have breakfast, maybe I go meet someone up for breakfast. Um, And then during the day I have sort of office work. So I would say the majority of my time goes to working on my different companies that I'm running. Um, I am running a small press publishing company. I also am consulting authors um, with advertising strategies. And I obviously am working on um, like my own platforms, making sure that um, everyone who's placing a book order is getting their order and answering um, store 
questions about their orders or their books or shipping or whatever it might be. Um, I have to pack the orders, go to the post office every day, and also make sure that my admin is up to date with my bookkeeping and um, that my accountant is happy. And <laughs> there's there's a lot that goes into running companies, uh, especially when you have decided to do it by yourself, like I have. I did have a couple assistants um, on uh, with me um, for a while. But as it is today, I only have one person helping me with like PR requests and answering emails because I am allergic to emails. And other than that, it's, it's just me running everything. And then I really do need to spend enough time every day to, to keep them running. Um, so that's what I'm doing during the day. And then maybe I go meet someone up for dinner and then I usually go back to writing or um, researching or reading in the evening again. But also I should say, like, writing books and writing anything, even writing music, uh, for me, it's just as important to do, like, I call it inspirational blocks. So if I take three hours where I let myself just um, mindlessly browse quotes and books and new authors and click home a new book from Amazon or um, maybe I just sit and read in a coffee shop for two hours that is making me a better author and a better storyteller and for me sometimes it's more valuable that I take that time than to actually just write because I do believe you can only write well when you have read well like, you cannot be an author if you don't read books. That's just how it is, I believe. You have to study the classics, study the great authors, the great writers. And and also, like, I, I really do want to become a better writer. I want to learn journalistic techniques and I want to learn how to um, tell my stories better. And also, English is something that I really want to get better at. My vocabulary is so Swedish. <laughs> like, my vocabulary is so limited because it's not my first language. And I am constantly trying to push myself to read academic texts um, because I want to pick up new words and understand new ways of um, expressing things in English. Um, so maybe some mornings I, I don't have anything to write. And then those two hours when I would have been writing, I instead am researching or reading or educating myself on, on something. Um, so that's sort of my daily routine. Um, and I would say that why this is like, um, a very personal thing, of course, like how you function best, but this is the routine that I take with me no matter where I go in the world. And going back to the question about traveling, the question was what excites you most about traveling? I don't really necessarily would say that I travel I always say that I move to places. I live in different places because I am not a tourist. I, I never enjoy going to the tourist things. I absolutely never even look up like what to see in a city. I want to go to new places and live out my life there for a short period of time. I want to live a daily life in new places. So even now, I, I was just visiting Porto for just 
Uh, I was there for 14 days. And I had never been to Porto before. But even then, what I want to do is go there and live a daily life for 14 days. So I still will wake up and go for my run and then meditate and visualize and then sit down and work in a coffee shop somewhere. And like, I am still... um, I mean, my work comes with me no matter where I go. But the sort of my my angle to approach my work is different when I am placed in a different um, position on the planet. So just thinking about writing, if I wake up in my own apartment in Berlin and I sit down and write on my balcony, uh, I don't have that many incredible experiences in Berlin because it's my kind of my base so what I'm gonna write about there is my inner life things that I am feeling maybe I had a great conversation with someone about the inner life of being a human but when I then move myself to Portugal to a new city Porto and I start my day walking through a new city hearing a new language and music that is a little bit foreign to me and I'm then sitting down to write in a completely new coffee shop um, with a coffee that tastes a little bit different. I'm going to write about that. I'm going to write about the new experiences I have on the outside of my inner life. And then maybe when I come back to Berlin, I'm going to be able to write about how those new external experiences transformed something on the inside of me so what I love about moving to different places and living out my life in different places is that I constantly have things to say I I constantly think new thoughts and see new views and talk to new people and learn new ways of going through a life Um, just looking at a a person who who lives in, in Porto they go through their lives very differently than a person who lives in Berlin. And again, very, very different from a person who lives in Indonesia or in Stockholm or wherever it might be. Wherever you live, you will adapt to that city. Like the city will give you a certain pace. Um, and that's what I love. It, it's like, you know, when you go home, you're a guest at at someone's house, like you become a guest, um, uh, maybe you stay there for like a week or whatever, you will have to take on their pace for a little bit. Like they're going to say we eat dinner at 6 p.m. and they're going to invite you for dinner that they usually eat or whatever it might be and they want to show you around their town or whatever. That's what I feel when I move into a new city. Like I always feel like the cities are my friends. Like the, the cities are embracing me welcoming me with different energies and I've talked about this a little bit before as well like I feel like every city has a specific energy and also a specific gender and a specific age so like um mm -hmm, let's think I've always said that Barcelona is um Barcelona and Lisbon, I feel, have kind of the same energy. And I feel like they are this mysterious sort of feminine energy, like 
Uh, she's a little bit of a villain. She loves having fun. She, you're going to find her dancing by herself under the moon. And she's this mystery. Everyone wants to know where she is. She's like a... Um, what do you call him? Like the... Oh, I don't know. I don't know the word for it. But this mysterious feminine icon that you always want to figure out. But she's, she's living her own best life. And um, yeah, that's what I feel Barcelona and Lisbon are. And then... Um, I spent the winter in Algarve. I was in Tavira. And immediately when I arrived in Tavira, I felt... My first thought was, oh my God, this is such a cute city. It feels innocent, but also wise, like an old soul. Um, an old soul, but, uh, old soul, but young. And like, like something is bubbling in that in that city it's like it's old and wise but but it hasn't even bloomed yet and i very quickly said if i ever have a daughter i'm gonna name name her tavira because i i don't know i just there was something in me that almost felt like i i took on a little bit of a motherly energy in that city so i look back at tavira now as as a little daughter as like a um, an old wise soul in a young body or something similar. Um, then I was in Lagos. And Lagos felt like my sister, my, my twin sister. It was like, Lagos is my energy. It's like a little bit more lively and hip, but still very, very small. Uh, right by the ocean. A lot of like a young energy because there's a lot of surfers there and... Um, entrepreneurs and nomads but also you can you can just walk up um walk up the mountains and and be by yourself in nature and i don't know lagos had the energy of my sister porto what i felt immediately when i arrived in porto was that i felt protected i felt embraced and protected and like this city is looking at me smiling with wise old eyes. And I felt like this is my grandpa. I, my grandpa, I, he's not alive anymore, but I always felt like he and I had a special connection. He was such a nature person, calm and wise. He was this kind of man, when I walked with him in the forest, he knew every sound of every bird and I could point at like a mushroom and he knew everything about that mushroom like he he was just calm and in contact with his elements he did not um chase the the industry and he lived um outside of Stockholm on a little island and he felt very stable and and um protective but not in a restrictive way. So why I'm saying all this is because what excites me about traveling is that I feel like I'm visiting and getting to know new friends in the world. I'm, I'm expanding my family. I feel like I am being embraced by different energies and within that energy, I become a little bit different. I behave a little bit different. I dress a little bit different. I write differently. Um... That excites me about 
exploring new places. And for so long, I, I was trying to find a home in the world. I was like exploring a lot of places with the idea that one day I'm going to land somewhere and just feel like this is my home. I found my home, I found my people, and now I'm going to live here until I die. <laughs> and I had this like romanticized idea about uh, finding my home one day. But I think I am realizing now that I will find many homes in the world. And also, I definitely felt the shift when I started to feel so at peace with myself and with my own life since then I, I I land in places and I I feel at home and before I felt so foreign and uncomfortable in my own body and I I didn't feel like I liked my life I hated my life even and I landed in places and felt out of place I mean no no wonder I was out of place in myself no matter where I placed myself, I would be out of place. And now I feel very in place in myself. And I land in places and I feel at peace and very um, in place. So I guess that's definitely... Uh, yeah, that's an important lesson. Um, but then, you know, then there is also like Berlin, for example... I have such a strange relationship with Berlin because Berlin is this person. Berlin is like my, I've always felt this. It's this fucking annoying ex-boyfriend that I, I just want him out of my life. I don't want him around me anymore. He is toxic. He is negative. He is cold and harsh. But I just can't let go of him. He always pulls me back in. And there's also something about the tension that I feel there like when I I can't leave Berlin because it it keeps me a little bit aggressive like it keeps me on my toes and there's a tension between me and Berlin I there's something I love about it and there's something I hate about it it's like I love hating it and I don't want to stop it <laughs> um I guess it's a little bit of a relationship I'm still trying to figure out um, but I get, we, we need those, we need those in our lives as well. We need the annoying eggs, I guess. Otherwise it will be a bit boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. So, wow. I really am spinning out on those answers. Um, I thought this was going to be a really short episode. What are we at? Okay. I'll just keep going. I, I hope, I hope I'm not boring you. <laughs> um, Let's see. So we talked about daily routine. And I also should say, for many years, I have tried to develop um, a night routine, like before I go to sleep. I, I did a course in um, the science of breath work for a while. And so for a while, I was like religious with doing breath work before I went to sleep. I've tried to do my yoga practice at night. I've tried to go for my runs at night. But honestly, what I absolutely love the most in the world is just going to the pub and have a couple of drinks and then stumble home and read something dodgy like Charles Bukowski until I fall asleep. So that's usually what I do <laughs> at night. That's maybe not ideal, but honestly, I love it. So I'm not going to stop it. 
All right. Um, Stanislava also asked, aren't you bored of moving? I'm absolutely not bored of moving, but I will say it is a little bit exhausting. It's like, um, it is exhausting in the way... No, wait, let me take this back. So before I actually decided to find my base in Berlin, I did not have a base for many, many years. I did not have an address where I could keep my... St like, I didn't own a lot. I, everything I owned... I kept in in one luggage and then I had my guitar and I always had to make sure that I did not own more than I could fit in this. So I could always find, like I, I crashed at friends' houses or I rented temporary homes that were already furnished that I stayed f in for a couple of months and then I moved on. And that was stressful because, again, now I am running to established businesses and one business is all about um getting my books to people so it was very stressful because i i did not have like a, a warehouse i didn't have an office where i could just keep my things and my books and sit down and pack the orders and i had to like send um uh, when i ordered books from my um what do you call it? My producer, like the person, the the company that prints my books, the printer, the printing company. I had to print and and send a hundred or two hundred books to different friends around Europe, <laughs> so that I could go there and send out a couple of books now and then. Like, it that was very very messy and stressful and absolutely not how to run um, a business that keeps your your people happy. <laughs> and um, it was also definitely those years that I had a really bad anxiety because I never felt safe and calm and stable. I was always worried about where can I sleep? Will they kick me out soon? Where will I live then? How will I have time to do this when I don't have the space or the, the peace to just settle down? So when I found my apartment in Berlin, a lot changed because that is my base now and I have my stuff there. I have an office there. I have my home studio there. And when I um, go off to live in, in different places around the world, I can rent that apartment out to, to or let friends stay there or whatever is convenient. Um, so that changed the way that I can move through the world a lot. Um, but also I think that has to do with age, you know, in my early twenties, the last thing I wanted to have was a base. Like I did not want a contract. I did not want to pay rent anywhere. I just wanted to be free and like roam the world and, and go to new cities every single day and crash on people's couches. Like that was my dream. But now I'm a little bit older and my back hurts and I need my eight hours of sleep. <laughs> Because, because I'm old now, but, but you know, you, you need different things. And also, you have to evolve. You have to um, change the way you live. Otherwise, you get, you, you get stuck and you stagnate. So, um, no, wait, what was the question? Uh, the question was, aren't you bored of moving? I'm not bored of moving because it keeps me learning and experiencing and... Um, yeah, I guess that's that's the answer. 
Okay, another travel question from Vinny. On your travels, you have spent a significant amount of time in Spain and Portugal. The time you have spent there seems to have inspired you like never before. Was there a eureka moment moment when you thought this could be my home? Um yes. And yes, I have um I, you know, I would say this is also very interesting because up until the pandemic Uh, that's not really true. Up until maybe two, three years ago, I spent most of my time like um, up north, like the northern regions of Europe. I was not so intrigued by heat and warmth and sun. Like I loved Scotland. Scotland, I mean, I still love Scotland, but it was the ideal for me. Edinburgh, I was like dark and mysterious Um, but really cozy and lovely people and uh, obviously loved England, always will, always have. Um, I did like Berlin. I I enjoyed going up north in Sweden. Amsterdam, loved going to Amsterdam. Uh, Prague was also like, oh man, I have so many beautiful experiences in Prague. Um, but a, a couple of years ago I did... I guess it started when I actually moved to Barcelona for a while and I definitely stepped into a new era of my life, a new way of uh, wanting to live and wanting to be and think and act and behave. Um, and I just fell in love with the culture in, in um, Spain and Portugal. Um, and... Um, If I had a eureka moment, I mean, when I lived in Barcelona, I had a lot of eureka moments, but not in the way of, I can imagine living here. It was more like, oh, this is who I want to be and this is how I want to live. Then I would say, I also did move to Lisbon for a while, but that was before Barcelona. When did I have that kind of moment? Maybe it was this winter, actually. Um... I spent a couple of months, so I, I sort of hopped around the Algarve coast. Um, I stayed in each place two to three weeks because I wanted to see if I could find a place where I actually could imagine staying a bit more permanently. And the second I arrived, I I just literally I started crying. And it's I think it's something about just the ocean there, the space, and also the people, like... Portuguese people genuinely are the friendliest, warmest people I have ever met in my life. And I have been to quite a lot of places at this point. There's just something about their... I just I just feel like they are welcoming to humans. Like, obviously, I am a tourist and I'm probably maybe treated a little bit differently than, than locals, but I don't know, I just... Even as a tourist in other cities, I'm not going to call anyone out, but there are countries where I have gone and if I don't speak the local language, they will sigh and make me feel so unwelcomed and truly make me understand that they do not want me here. That happens a lot. And I don't know, it's just like, come on. And then I go to Portugal 
and I don't speak Portuguese and that maybe I go to the post office and I ask something and maybe the lady there doesn't speak English super well either. Now, actually, most Portuguese people speak very good English, but let's say that she doesn't. She's still gonna try to help me, try to understand me, and I'm gonna try to understand her, and then we're gonna laugh, and until we both got what we wanted out of this, like there's a, I, I always felt like in Portugal there's a different human kindness, and I just feel safe and welcomed everywhere there, and I think maybe because I've spent so much of my life feeling extremely isolated and lonely, um that feeling of just being welcomed is so important to me and I'm very sensitive to that energy if I walk into a room with people with even friends and there's something in that room that makes me feel like I'm not super appreciated in this room I need to leave I need to get out I can't I can't breathe like that feeling of not being welcomed oh it's awful and I do not want to feel it one second in my life again and I have never felt that in Portugal. I, no matter where I go, to um, a yoga class or the gym or the pub or the coffee shop or um, an Airbnb or whatever, I always feel so welcomed. And I think that's that definitely contributes to me feeling very much like I want to live there. Spain also, uh, to be honest, I haven't explored as much of Spain that I would like to. Uh, Barcelona I know very well because I did live there for a while. Um, I visited Sevilla uh, this winter. Beautiful little city or town or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's kind of it. I I did go to Fuerteventura last winter. That was also beautiful. Um but there's still a lot of places in Spain that I want to explore and discover. Um, and the same in Portugal. I mean, I've only been to Algarve, Lisbon and Porto. I know there are so many more beautiful cities along the coast that I want to explore. So honestly, this is where we get to the point of uh, me saying, why do I not have my driving license yet? Because that has been on my bucket list. Not Not just my bucket list, like... I know that I have announced on my social media like my yearly goals every new year and taking my driving license has been on that list for probably a decade. <laughs> so why do I not have my driving license? Because if I did, I could go on a coast, coastal tour and show you guys. But um, yeah, one day. Um, okay, did I answer the question? I hope so. Thank you, Vinny. Oh my god, I feel like I'm talking. I'm talking and talking and talking. Okay. Um, Emma uh, from Glasgow. I know Emma's from Glasgow. I love, I love Scotland. I miss Scotland. I can't wait to be back. And I played a house concert for Emma and her friends. Um, maybe it was seven years ago now. I really hope I can come back when everything is opening up, Emma. Okay, Emma's asking, you used to be very open about having anxiety. Do you still have anxiety sometimes? And if not, what did you do to get rid of it? Um, well, I don't know if you get rid of it. But I do think you 
you learn yourself. Like you teach, uh, you, you understand yourself. You, you figure yourself out and you learn what triggers you and what calms you down. You learn what environments, um, in, in what kind of environments you start to feel anxious and what environments you feel very calm in. And you learn what kind of lifestyle gives you anxiety and what kind of lifestyle makes you feel safe and calm. That's what I learned. Some days, yes, I still wake up with anxiety, but I this is not a scientific term. term. I call it post-anxiety some days. And for me, I it almost feels like some days I wake up and my body believes I am still in this um, nervous, unsettled, sad, cold, dark place in my life. And then I just have to remind my brain that everything's fine now. You're fine, actually. We're safe. We're stable. You're happy. And if there's something that is not good, we can change it. Um... But yes, there were a couple of things that I actually very, I, I worked really hard on to change in my life. Um, and maybe most of all, there were, I think, a couple of specific things that caused my anxiety, that triggered my anxiety. And also, as I should say, I'm obviously not a doctor and I'm not talking about uh, clinical um, anxiety. Is that a thing? I don't know if it is, but... You know, I can just talk about my experiences. I did go to a therapist. I did a work with NLP. Um, I did get help from professionals. And I do, really do support that. Like, if you are struggling with something like mental health, anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, really do seek out professional help because they are professionals. They have studied your brain. They have studied behavioral um, psychology. And yes, you can read yourself to your own understanding and knowledge and find your own ways of uh, sort of healing yourself. But also take help from professionals. Having said that, I think that there are many different ways of being a professional, I worked with a breath coach. I worked with a sort of normal therapist. Um, I worked with a life coach. And, and this life coach has no qualifications. She's not a therapist. She's not studied psychology. She's just an incredible human being. And she maybe helped me more than any other person. My yoga practice is still like my, my anchor um, so what I'm saying is if you are in like a really, um, tough place with, with mental health, you have to seek out all the different ways that could possibly help you. And I swear to you, one of them will help you. What helped me will maybe not help you. And, you know, you go to the normal, like hospital or whatever, and say you feel anxious, like, no, I don't believe they're going to help you because the system is not built up for that. But you you seek practitioners from different fields, from different beliefs, from different places in the world, and you're going to find 
20 different ways of, of that you can tackle your uh, challenge and one of them will work I promise you um, but for me, so what I learned was that living on the road for as long as I did, being very, very broke and very nervous about my my career, like I was not ma- earning any money from my music or my books and I felt scared about, I can't afford to pay rent anywhere. I refuse to take a day job somewhere because I, I live for my art. That was a constant worry that did cause... Um, anxiety to slowly slowly build up until I did have panic attacks in places and so my first step was to find myself a home somewhere Uh, having a stable home helped me a lot and everything sort of was connected from there so when I could um, when I felt safe and calm enough to feel like this is my home now I no longer need to worry about where to sleep next week or next month. Um, I could actually find the peace of mind to really focus on my work and go deep into my work. To write more, to write more songs, to produce more music, to finish more books. And I also started helping other authors and, and artists with their marketing strategies and advertising strategies. And I could really build up my companies because I had the space and the time now to do that. And obviously when that happened, I could start to feel a little bit more safe financially. I can pay my rent. I don't have to be worried about that. Um, I, 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 don't, I no longer need to wake up wondering how I'm going to afford food because I, I, I do feel like I am secure. I don't I'm not a person who needs to earn a lot of money or be rich but I do for my health need to feel safe and stable like I I, worrying about rent or worrying about can I afford a winter jacket this winter (laughs) like that is when I, I I mean when I was younger I couldn't care less about those worries but after a couple of years it tears on you um and so that is a priority for me today. Today I know I need to feel safe. I need to feel calm. I need to not have worries about your simple survival. Um, but then I, I guess we're entering like a, a new era. No, wait. That was the wrong way of saying it. We're entering a new area of like anxiety. And for me, I was in this emotionally... I would almost say abusive but definitely drenching relationship for way too long that really broke me down from the core I was so low on myself I felt like a worthless piece of shit who could do nothing in life and I had no strength and no future and nobody liked me not even my person liked me and I I just had sunk so low in myself and we're back to this thing of all my focus was on my past and my past story and how how much I hated the situation I was in and that also triggers anxiety because I had no vision for my future I could not see how I could create a different future I I could not see how my future would be beautiful 
And so me thinking then about my future gave me anxiety and grief because I did not want to live here anymore. Didn't want to live in this life the way it was anymore. And that causes anxiety. So when I started working, we're back to the first question with Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, the book. When I started working with, with visualization, every single morning visualizing myself, five years older, being very happy and at peace and healthy, stable, doing what I love with people I love in a place that I love, uh, just saying that, I can feel my heart rate slow down. Like just saying that out loud makes me feel calmer and, and more like I'm smiling right now. Like it's so powerful. Just believing in a good future that can carry you so far. That definitely also helped with my anxiety. As soon as I started to not just like, yeah, I can see that maybe if I work hard enough, my future can be good. But like when I got to a place of, there is no doubt about it. I am walking towards my beautiful future. I felt hopeful and happy and excited rather than anxious. And this doesn't mean that sometimes, some days it comes back. And because and, you're human and you're in the world and there are wars happening and a pandemic and things happen. But you have to, if you zoom out, it's those small things like, that that actually um, causes anxiety, I believe, like the small daily worries and that you're not happy where you are, and um, or for me at least, definitely for me. Then I have to mention, lastly, for anxiety, um, just if if maybe you are dealing with any sort of mental health, what you eat affects you more than you can ever imagine. And this is why I, the last years, have been so interested in learning more about the science of nutrition. I'm studying science of nutrition right now because your what you put inside of your body affects your mood, how you think, how you feel, how you behave. It affects everything. So, first of all, I... Um, I don't want to like push my way of eating into anybody. So first of all, this is how I found that I feel best. It might not work for you. There might be a different diet that you need to eat in order to feel good. But for me, I learned when I cut out all fabricated food, all fabricated food, I do not eat anything that has been in a bottle or that was created in a lab. Um that has fake ingredients that actually do not exist. I eat things as much as I can that actually every single ingredient I can find on the planet from growing from Earth. When I slowly started to take on that diet, I felt my entire rhythm shift. And just comparing when I was younger Growing up in Sweden, at that time in Sweden, there was no talk about how bad da dairy is. Like we drank milk <laughs> every day for dinner. We ate meat every single, with every meal. Like the, obviously the science was different back then, but 
I was very anxious as a kid and we ate so much food that consisted of animals that had stress hormones in them and antibiotics and fake lab-created chemicals. No wonder my brain was not calm and happy. I was feeding it with stress hormones and chemics like I don't know to me it just makes sense and definitely when I started eating more a more plant-based diet um I I felt a shift but again I think everything is connected like it was me changing what I eat it was me um finding my spiritual practice working with visualization finding a home feeling more at peace and and calm like all those things together I believe made me sort of conquer my anxiety um and I haven't had a panic attack in a couple of years actually um which obviously I'm very happy about so yeah okay last question from Neringa I think that's how you say it that's a very beautiful name what is the most beautiful flower you know? And when you asked this, I actually had to Google because it's a Swedish flower. In Swedish, it's called vitsipa. <laughs> it's, a, it's a white wild flower that grows during spring. And it smells amazing. It's like such a typical smell for spring for me. And it's beautiful and you can... Um, pick it and have it in your room and it makes your room smell like spring and I did I did uh, google it in English in English it's called wood anemone but that doesn't sound as nice as vitsipa <laughs> let me see if I can find a different word for it mm, anyway uh, I actually don't know if I mean it should be in, in other countries but I think it's a very typical Swedish um, flower. Here, okay. Um, anemone. Is wood anemone. Okay. Wood anemone. Or windflower. Anyway, that is my favorite flower. All right, that's it, my friends. Uh, thank you so much, everyone who asked questions. Actually, I still have eight questions here that I haven't answered because I feel like this is a too long of an episode now. <laughs> so maybe I'll do a part two. Um, let me know if you enjoyed it, if you want me to do more Q&A episodes. And uh, if you have any questions or anything you want me to talk about, send them in to me. I always appreciate that. And uh, I love you. And thank you for caring about this podcast. I'm sending every single uh, fiber of love I have to my people in Ukraine. Also my people in the Baltic countries around Ukraine. I know it's a scary time for everyone. Um, and you know, let's just show a little bit more love and kindness um, these days. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Bye bye.